Welcome to Sport Management Review Insights. I'm your host, Vito Sobral. Sport helps young people develop. Well, at least that's what we're constantly told. And formalized sport even has its origins in attempts to help develop students at school. But is it all true? And how does sport actually help? Well, that's what we're going to look at in this episode. And joining us to discuss this is someone who's focused his attention on sport for health and community development. He's a researcher at the University of Illinois. It's Wanju Lee. Welcome, Wanju. Hi, Victor. It's a pleasure to have you on. Mm-hmm. And I know you've been working hard at this, so it's great to have a, a conversation about what I find is a really interesting topic. My pleasure. Wanju and co-authors Gareth Jones, Munsup Hyun, Daniel Funk, Liz Taylor, and John Meltipici recently published Development and Transference of Intentional Self-Regulation Through a Sport-Based Youth Development Program. So, Wanju, I, I think most have assumed that, of course, when people play sport, they automatically develop these life skills. But as you mentioned in the paper, there's actually a lack of empirical evidence on this. So with this paper, how did that help our understanding of what's going on? So as you mentioned, uh, I started from uh, research gaps. So there were uh, inconsistent findings regarding like skill transference and positive use development. And also, you know, one of the most important thing in this paper is, is like an interdisciplinary uh, approach. So as an applied discipline, like sport management, I, I, I strongly believe that sport management can uh, advance theories in other areas such as, you know, development science, psychology, sociology, and business administration. So using uh, the selection, optimization, and compensation framework to frame positive use development, I wanted to test a widely believed theoretical assumption that sports can be helpful to develop life skill and, you know, the developed skills can be transferred to another domain, such as their academic domain, their social domain. So I wanted to test this uh, theoretical assumption. So based on uh, the research gap, I became interested in this theoretical framework, SOC framework, and want to apply this to address the issue, the theoretical assumption, uh, sports and other domain skill transfers. You mentioned that you actually uh, were a student, oh, sorry, you, you're a teacher of physical education yes. in, in Korea. So was it from this, this teaching that made you think of this as a, an important topic to, to consider for research? Yes, absolutely. So the purpose of physical education is not just develop like physical traits. It's really important to help students be physically active and somewhat like cardiovascular skills and other sports skills. But I think one of the most important thing to deliver sports program is to develop like, you know, social skills and other life skills. As I mentioned here, intentional self-regulation, which is an important behavioral skill for their future development. So briefly explaining um, self-regulation, SOC framework, is composed of three key concepts. S refers to selection, the ability to select desired goals. And optimization is related to the ability to use resources around the individual. And compensation refers to individuals face challenges. They should be able to 
modify their behavior to achieve the goal. So I think some sports such as running activities that I investigated in this paper is useful because learning require participants to set a goal like time, distance, and some, some else. And then um, the individuals may want to uh, find some resources to achieve the goal. And when they get injured or when they are not physically active, they need to modify their running behavior to achieve the goal. So I think that approach would be really helpful to develop uh, use, especially for their future long-term development, associate skills, intentional self-regulation is really important. So when I was working as a teacher in South Korea, I was committed to the development of like emotional skills and social skills when I taught like, even though I taught soccer skills and then I highlighted them to like encourage others and communicate how to develop their team skills and team spirit like these things. So I try to develop other than physical skills for my students. You can understand how that all worked and, and how that made you interested in this, in this topic. And as well as SOC, you actually framed this study in PYD, positive youth development, and SPYD, sport-based youth development. So lots of acronyms going on, as well as intentional self-regulation. So mm -hmm. tell us what actually these aspects are referring to and why it was important to frame this, this research uh, with mm -hmm. these ideas. I think, as I mentioned earlier, you know, the interdisciplinary approach is really important for sport management research and practice. You know, it seems really complicated. I mean, my article, theoretical framework uses um, PYD, positive use development framework, and also for based use development literature and intentional self-regulation, the SOC, selection optimization compensation framework. And also I added like skill transference literature, which is really um, complicated, but to make it simple, uh, I focused on the, the first of all, the, the fundamental theoretical framework is PYD. And the key assumption is that sports is a positive environment and positive context for youth development. But here, uh, the key, key thing is that that should be well-structured. So well-structured means that the practitioners and scholars can collaborate together because theory-based approach for program design is really important. So when they find some null effect of their program or negative impact, then they can go back the process. So theory explains the outcome of the process. So it's really important. And also, as I mentioned earlier, the running activities are closely aligned with SOC procedure if it is well-structured. We, we suggested uh, the theoretical, I mean, theory-based approach for the practitioners as a consulting and the running program applied SOC approach. And also the approach includes the transference, uh, which is the key component in this paper. And they also provided like extracurricular activity other than sports. So the instructors and the program leaders mentored the young participants how to transfer that uh, self-regulation behavior and skills to other domain. 
And also they had like three day camp and then their, the, the, the camp was to uh, give instruction how they can apply the learning experience from sports to other domain. So I think that the practical procedure is closely aligned with our theoretical approach. And then, I mean, the researchers were able to closely look at what's going on. You mentioned a bit about the context there and, and the context you used for this research was a fun run for a run for fun program in an American city, uh, mm-hmm. survey 201 participants at, at various times throughout the program. What I, what I wanted to ask is why was it important to conduct the, the survey at various points? Usually we, we come to the end and, and send out a survey or at the, at the, at the beginning. Why, why at various points? So first of all, uh, that kind of evaluation study, I think uh, multiple data collection would be really important because if you don't have any baseline assessment of participants, how we can say that uh, the sports is helpful to develop something. So first of all, at the beginning of the program, we administered a survey for the baseline assessment of self-regulation. And also at the end of the program, we administered also the same, uh, the same survey to see the effect of program by comparing the beginning survey. At, I mean, the survey measured at the beginning of the program. And also we tried to collect once more, but uh, you know, due to the high attrition rate, <laughs> it was really, obviously it's really important process to collect multiple, multiple data sets from the same sample, but due to the high attrition rate, uh, we didn't include that third time point data. But I think it was enough to address our research question to see whether the sports uh, self-regulation can be transferred to another domain and other research questions. And also 200 sample size is enough for uh, my statistical analysis, structural equation modeling. And also it is a repeated measure design. So I was very happy we have like 200 participants and we have two different time point data. And it was uh, enough to address our research question. So you mentioned there the data analysis. Tell us how did you actually go about analyzing all this data? Saying about um, analysis of the data. First of all, we used uh, confirmatory factor analysis to see construct validity because one of our research question was related to the domain specificity of self-regulation because the theory suggests that uh, intentional self-regulation develops across domains. So sports has its own domain, academic domain has its domain. So you know, one of the key assumptions should be confirmed if we test the skill transference. So what if just intentional self-regulation is is applied to one domain? So regardless of context, people cannot apply their intentional self-regulation skill for goal achievement, then testing skill transference is not less meaningful. So we first test the discriminant validity between sports intentional self-regulation construct and uh, other general life domain construct. So it was confirmed through confirmatory factor analysis. And then we land cross-selective panel modeling to test whether sports intentional self-regulation was transferred to 
another general life domain. So obviously, uh, we, we used uh, a repeated measure design. Then we see the, the cross path from sports self-regulation measured at pretest and then other general life domain self-regulation skill measured at post-test. And, and also, we also uh, ran structural equation modeling using mediation model to test whether the coefficient between sport domain and life domain is changed or not. And we found that in the cross-selective panel modeling, uh, we found that there's no cross effect from pre to post sports to life domain. But in mediation model, also we didn't find any statistical significance between pre-sports life relationship and post-sports life uh, relationship, which is very complicated. But if you can see my paper, you can understand what I did. Look, I, I think you explained that really well. But of course, if you want to know more, go and read the paper as well. Absolutely. There's going to be a lot more depth <laughs> uh, about the data analysis. Now, based on that data analysis, what were the key findings? How did that relate to your research questions? As I mentioned earlier, the, the thing that we want to test in this paper was a prevalent theoretical assumption that sports is helpful to develop some life skill and it should be uh, transferred to other domain. And there is a sequence. So sports develop uh, the life skill first and then program can help to transfer the life domain later. But, you know, as I mentioned, uh, cross-selective panel modeling, the, the findings from that analysis countervail the theoretical assumption. So I mentioned there was no significant pass from pre-sports to post-life domain. So this suggests that it's maybe more simultaneous process. I mean, the skill transference is more simultaneous process. Regarding this theoretical explanation, we found that in the mediation model, our third statistical analysis, we found that uh, their correlation between sports and life is very significant, even at pre and post, which may suggest that their skill transference should be more simultaneous, rather than like a sequence, like sports first, life later. But uh, we found that it may be more simultaneous. And also another theoretical explanation would be the development of intentional self-regulation and transference is not linear, positively linear. So like, you know, go up and down, you know, human development is not positive and linear. So we sometimes face challenging and our, let's say like self-confidence, sometimes our confidence is increasing, but going down like this, going down, up and down process. And also life skill development is maybe the similar, not, not just the linear process. So I would say uh, our key finding is, is that we, we countervail the, the pre prevalent theoretical assumption. And also that is related to our field, sport management. And also we, our, our study, the findings, has theoretical contribution to developmental science that, you know, we used uh, the self-regulation framework, SOC framework, which is from developmental science, right? You know, as, as I mentioned, we found discriminant validity between sports and life domain, which is support the theory. Self-regulation is more like domain-specific traits. 
develops across domains. So sports, it's, it has own domain and construct and maybe academic. We didn't test this, but uh, hypothetically, uh, academic domain has its own self-regulation construct. And also we, we found that some running activity, distance running would be really difficult task, right? So for use, challenging activity, challenging sports activity may be helpful to develop their um, goal-directed behavior, uh, especially in uh, confirmatory factor analysis, CFA, we found that the factor loading of compensation construct was significantly increased. And this suggests that participants may be able to develop that skill, uh, compensation skill, the, the ability to modify individuals' goal-directed behavior when they face challenges. Then, you know, the previous research about uh, the SOC framework, they are saying that adolescents have like unidimensional self-regulation skill, not SOC, just one. But in our study, we found that the increased factor loading of compensation, we suggest that the development of tests of intentional self-regulation is more like unidimensional to three-factor structure. So that's another like theoretical contribution to the theory of SOC, uh, which is from human development and science. And you mentioned a, a few of those contributions there. And just broadly, in a, in a general sense, how did this uh, advance our understanding of the theory? I think I already mentioned a lot. <laughs> so like domain-specific traits of self-regulation. And also in sports field, uh, we have a good salient theoretical contribution to development of sports program design. It may be more impactful if practitioners can design the program, which include the instruction or activities or skill transference at the beginning of the program. And also the most important thing is with an interdisciplinary approach, we confirmed the significance of our field, sports management, to test and advance theories in social science. Now, just from that practical sense, I know you mentioned a couple of things there, but let's say um, Run for Fun and, and other organizations involved in sport for development come up to you and, and say, well, Drew, we need your knowledge. Tell us specifically, <laughs> what should we do to try and help develop young people? First of all, I would suggest the utility of theory-based approach. So I think as I, I mentioned earlier, theory-based approach allows practitioners to see the procedure. So if you have only like outcomes, then it's really difficult to see what's going on actually. So theory explains well about the procedure. After evaluating the program outcome, you can go back what was the things to be improved. So I would suggest the utility of theory-based approaches. And regarding the result of cross-selective panel modeling, the cross paths of fortune life. And I would say sports program alone may not be enough for youth development and skill transference. That's one of my theoretical explanation, the null effect between sports and life. I mean, the skill transference. So uh, in my discussion section, I highlighted the needs of inter-organization inter collaboration. So it should not be limited to financial collaboration. Lots of nonprofit 
sports organization working for youth development, they are seeking for funds, external funds for their program management. And, you know, it's really critical component to sustain their program. But inter-organizational collaboration doesn't mean only uh, financial collaboration, but that should include effort to provide positive social engagement opportunity with collective community goal. For example, sports managers for working for PYD or skill transference, they may need to work with other community institutions such as like health institution, hospital or schools, other community leaders or working with their family. Because sports program is just one social ecology that is composed of use whole dimension of uh, ecology. I think I, I would suggest just think of a broader ecology of use, not only for financial collaboration, but also some more positive social engagement opportunity with collective community goals. And also uh, it's more program regarding challenging activity to promote uh, intentional self-regulation. I found lots of article, they are saying that more and more youth are quitting sports. They don't want to play sports anymore when they are growing up because it's not fun. So maybe program designers and the managers are thinking about their program should be competitive. Like, for example, uh, some major sports like soccer, football, <laughs> football or basketball, some other ball sports, uh, they are really competitive and also, running activities uh, would be perceived as like challenging activity for youth who don't have enough experience, previous experience in running. So two challenging activities would not be good to develop some life skills or uh, promote their motivation. It should be also considered. And also, if you, you're focusing on the development of life skills other than physical Trait are also including physical traits. You need to consider the age of participant. Each age has different characteristic of developmental traits. You have somewhat different self-regulation traits from adults. And it's specifically also during the adolescent, early adolescent, middle and late adolescent have may have different traits, psychological traits of intentional self-regulation. And also regarding physical development, childhood, adolescence, and adulthood, they have different uh, physical traits in terms of like developmental stage. So if you're a sport manager, uh, you think that developmental stage, how participants develop differently by age. That would be my recommendation. Sounds great. Make it fun and relevant, I think, is, uh, is some great advice for everybody working in, in sport generally, but of course, in, in sport for development. Wonju, it's been an absolute pleasure talking about your research. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. It's really a pleasure to meet you and sharing my, my knowledge and my, my, my paper. Thanks so much, Wonju. Thank you. And thanks for listening to Sport Management Review Insights. Head to the Sport Management Review website to check out all the latest research that's being published, including the article discussed in this episode, Development and Transference of Intentional Self-Regulation Through a Sport-Based Youth Development Program. That's it for this episode, but of course, there are many more you can listen to on your favorite podcast player, and you can follow the podcast and give us a five-star rating. That'd be great too. Until next time, it's bye for now.